0: Listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Today, we continue in our series, Best Year Ever. Best Year Ever. Uh, This is a different type of New Year's sermon series than maybe what some of you are used to listening to. Um, I can tell you this is not a most motivational speech laced with a few scriptures. Nothing wrong with that. Praise God for, for people that can communicate like that. That's not what this is. Um, if that's what you're looking for, um, you're going to be disappointed with me today. That's not a problem. I disappoint people all the time. Um, but email me, and I can give you some information on churches that might better suit your desires. But that's not what this is, because I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, after the past two years, I don't need another motivational speech. It's not what I need, I, personally. And I don't think you need it either, but I don't need another TED Talk. I enjoy TED Talks. There's nothing wrong with that. They have their place, but when I come to church, I need a word from God. That's what I need today. I need a word from God, and I hope and pray that through the preparation and where God is leading me that that maybe you can receive a word from him today. Um, If you'll help me this morning and uh, maybe just respond a little bit back and forth with me, you'll help me get through this a whole lot easier. And um, um, sometimes uh, a pastor can can feel... If you're receiving it or not, just by if you're, if you're vocal with it. And, um, and I can tell you where I'm at mentally right now, on all kinds of medication, <laughs> just, just let me know if you're receiving this. Amen? amen? See, that was a perfect spot. When a pastor says amen, he expects you to say it back. Amen? amen. There you are. <laughs> Welcome to church. Um, so last week, we kicked off this, this new year looking to the biblical new year that God instructed Moses to observe. It wasn't January. It, it wasn't according to our calendar. But while they were still in Egypt, and that's important, and that's, that's one of the main points, probably one of the most powerful points from last week, was while they were still in Egypt, still in bondage, still in slavery, this new spiritual new year began for the Israelites. And, and, and this is important. It didn't look different. It didn't feel different. They were still in captivity, still in bondage, but God was declaring, this is going to be the first month of a brand new year for you. In other words, this season of slavery is about to change. This oppression is about to change in your life. It may not look different right now. It may not feel different right now. And these, this new year, it came with very specific instructions to the Israelites. He told them, he said, take the blood of a lamb, and I want you to take that blood, and I want you to put it on the doorpost. Put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. And it was the blood of the lamb that brought about deliverance for the Hebrews. It is the blood of the lamb, Jesus Christ, that brings about our deliverance. And to start your new year off the right way, you got to recognize that through the shedding of his blood, Jesus Christ, our lamb, he has set us free. Amen? Amen. 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 By now, by now, um, some of you are experiencing disappointment because you, you couldn't live up to your New Year's resolutions. And I'm just here to discourage you today. Not encourage you. I'm here to discourage you today because your best year ever came to a screeching halt already because you couldn't do it. You tried. You had a goal. But for whatever reason, you didn't live up to it. You just want to pray and go home? I mean, does that sound good? I mean, it's just it's bad, right? Like, who needs, who needs a pastor of this kind of bad news? But, but I got to thinking about it, and we put a lot of hope into that one evening, don't we? I mean, December the 31st, there's so much pressure on December the 31st, because it, it, the, the sun sets on the 31st, and then January 1st, the clock strikes midnight, January 1st, and abracadabra, all of a sudden, it's supposed to be a better version of you. Forget all the other years leading up to it, you know, just in that moment, you're supposed to make this, this huge change, and, and you're just a better version of you. New year, new me, right? New year, new me. But, and, and therein lies the problem. Me. It's me. I'm the problem here. Listen, you don't have to tell me. I want to lose weight. I need to lose weight. <laughs> Scott Campbell. <laughs> I don't tell everybody about your jacked up toes. You tell them that I have jacked up toes, you've never even seen my toes. Who's got the mic now? <laughs> Scott Campbell, I know I need to lose weight. I know it. I need to, I want to, but I need and want pizza and chocolate a whole lot more. It's just, it's just a desire in my life. I really want pizza and chocolate. Like right now, I really want it. But, but I, I'm reminded of what Paul said in Romans chapter seven because I, I can relate to this. He said, when I want to do good, evil is right there present with me. When I want to eat right, evil, pizza and chocolate, is right there with me, like calling my name, calling out. And uh, for those of you that, that you haven't been around here for very long, you'll realize that when we're fasting, I talk about food all the time. It happens, it happens. I was good last week. This week, forget it. But the, the bus of broken New Year's resolutions it has left so many fatalities laying on the roadside behind. Like, it just runs over us, right? Like, we, we want to do it, but we just don't have the willpower. We want to do better. We, we meant to do better. We had these great intentions, but it just didn't go according to plan, you know? And, and, and it's not just the new year. It's, it's every new season of life. The new job just started off on the wrong foot. We didn't mean for it to go like that, but it did. Marriage got off to a bad start. What would our lives have looked like if, if it would have just been different at the beginning of our marriage? I mean, for, for, for Mandy and I, I know, our lives, if, if we would have let it, you think about our first year of marriage, and especially the first year and a half, man, I mean, cancer, and then right after that, twins. It's like enough to make anyone lose their sanity, you know? It's crazy. And even for some of you, it's this, your commitment to Christ has struggled from the beginning. You you meant for it to to be better. You wanted to do better. The intentions were there. It's not that you don't love him. It's just been a struggle. Last week, we looked at the beginning of a new year that God instituted for the Hebrew people. And it all revolved around the Passover. Passover. It was all about the Passover. God used the blood of the lamb to save the Hebrew nation from the death angel passing over. And ultimately, he used it to save them from the hands of of Pharaoh and the Egyptians and the slavery that they impressed upon these people. But now God was moving them into a new year, a new season. It was a new day for the nation of Israel. And in today's text, we're going to find that same group of people in the wilderness Exactly to the day, one year later. One year later, Numbers chapter 9. I'm going to be reading quite a few passages from from Numbers today. So if you will, just leave your Bible or your digital device open. If you don't have either with you, um, then you can follow along on the screen. But I'm going to begin with Numbers chapter 9, verses 1 through 8. Numbers chapter 9, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai. In the first month of the second year, after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Let the people of Israel keep the Passover at its appointed time. On the 14th day of this month at twilight, you shall keep at it its appointed time. According to all its statutes and all its rules, you shall keep it. So Moses told the people of Israel that they should keep the Passover. And they kept the Passover in the first month, on the 14th day of the month at twilight, In the wilderness of Sinai, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses, so the people of Israel did. And there were certain men who were unclean through touching a dead body, so that they could not keep the Passover on that day, and they came before Moses and Aaron on that day. And those men said to him, We are unclean through touching a dead body. Why are we kept from bringing the Lord's offering at its appointed time among the people of Israel, and Moses said to them, "Wait, that I may hear what the Lord will command concerning you." Church, this is a legitimate concern. God is calling these people. He's calling this nation to a time of celebration. It, it, it's it's a holy consecration. For them to recall, remember, and celebrate what God had done for them exactly one year earlier when they were still in slavery, now he's calling them to remember that and to celebrate it, and and to celebrate it big. At this one-year anniversary, their New Year celebration, it's a Passover celebration, And, and If if you read through the scriptures, it's actually the only one that is recorded inside the actual exodus, them exiting and leaving Israel. Never again is it mentioned during the exodus. It's mentioned right before the exodus begins. It's mentioned later after the exodus as they're entering the promised land, but never again is it mentioned except for this one moment. Now, they may have celebrated it every year, but it's never mentioned this is a big deal. This is a big celebration. And, and so the, these men come to, to Moses and they said, we want to be a part of this with everyone else. We want to celebrate. We, we, wh- why can't we be a part of this? And, and Moses shows us one of the, the greatest leadership lessons that you'll probably ever learn. Listen, for, for those of you that, that you live in a household with other people, you work on a job with other people, you, you oversee anybody else in, in, in your life, Let me tell you, this is a great leadership lesson because Moses looks at them and he basically says, I don't know why, I don't know, but let me approach the Lord about this. Man, if we could just learn to do that in our own lives, it would probably fix a whole lot of heartache and a lot of problems and a lot of miscommunication, wouldn't it? Because the last thing that we need to do is try and clarify the Lord for everybody else. Listen, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to the unbeliever. If they don't want a personal relationship with him and they don't want to hear from the Lord, they're probably not going to hear from the Lord. I need to learn to let God speak to people. I don't have to always clarify God. I need to clarify my faith, but I don't need to always clarify God because his ways are so much higher than mine. I don't always have to explain God away to everybody else, right? And I certainly don't have to give answers that probably aren't godly answers anyway. Sometimes parents, sometimes employers, sometimes uh, uh, leaders in the room, <clears throat> sometimes it's just good for us to say, I don't have the answer. <clears throat> I don't know the answer. But I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to God in prayer about it. I'm going to seek God and see what God has to say about this. Because these men, these men, they want to participate. They, they want to be there, but there's this problem. We read about it later in Numbers chapter 19, verse 11. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) It says, whoever touches the dead body of any person shall be unclean seven days. At that moment, they are pronounced ceremonially unclean. Let me tell you what probably happened. Aunt Sally, Uncle Fred, Granddaddy, somebody died. And these men were the ones in charge of taking the body and burying the body. Now listen, if you have an Aunt Sally or Uncle Fred, I'm sorry if I just offended you. Just name's right off the top, okay? I just, I, I don't, I'm not speaking prophetically over your aunt and uncle, okay? It just doesn't seem fair. They're doing the responsible thing, right? I mean, they are burying the dead, and, and because of that, They are not allowed to participate because they're ceremonially unclean. And and Passover, it was like this, this new beginning. It was a fresh start. It was a do over. And who doesn't want a do over? We all want a do over. Everybody in this room, there are mistakes. There's something that we've done in the past. There's somebody we've wronged. There's a business decision that went south. There's some mistake that we made along the way that if we had a do-over, we would go back. We would take a mulligan on that, right? We would do it over, and we would do it differently this time. Who doesn't want a do-over? But they aren't allowed to participate because Granny kicked the bucket. But everybody wants a second chance, You want a second chance. There's something in your life that you want a second chance at. Let's continue. Numbers 9, verse 9. The Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel, saying, If any one of you or of your descendants is unclean through touching a dead body or is on a long journey, he shall still keep the Passover to the Lord. In the second month on the 14th day at twilight, they shall keep it. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. In the second month on the 14th day. What a great Valentine's meal. Unleavened bread and bitter herbs. No, it wasn't February. I'm just kidding. One month to the day after Passover, God provided what is called in the Hebrew Pesach Shani. Pesach Shani, in Hebrew, it means the second Passover. Not to be confused with a hobbit's second breakfast. All the nerds in the room understood where where I went with that. The rest of you, you're like, there's hobbits in the Bible? Yes. Yes, read for yourself. Search the scripture. You'll find them there. Please, please search. Google it. Second Passover, Pesach Shani, it was the second chance at the grace of God. That just because you were ceremonially unclean one month earlier, God said, I'm going to provide a way that you can still be a part of the celebration, that you can still be a part of the grace that I'm going to extend. You can still praise me for what I've done and for what I'm going to continue to do in your life. And so he institutes Pesach Shani, the second chance at the grace of God. And this is the only instance of a Torah commandment, the law of God. This is the only instance where God offered a makeup day. Never again had He has He done it, and, and never no time before had He done it. This is the only instance that we read about in the law where there is a makeup day. If you were ceremonially unclean for any reason, the second Passover was your chance to celebrate your God's deliverance. If for some reason you did not meet the standards to participate, you weren't ceremonially clean, you weren't good enough, you weren't right, you weren't found righteous, then, then, then in that moment, the second Passover was, was another chance coming around for you. It, it's that mulligan, it, 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 it's, the, it, it's, it's the do-over that you were hoping for. And God, as he was writing the law, creating a constitution for the nation of Israel, that wasn't just for that moment, but would last for the entire history of that nation. And still to this day, there are practices that still make up who they are as a people. God looked to the future and he said, listen, there's going to be a day when some of you are not going to be Around. You're not going to be on site. You're not going to be in the vicinity of the celebration. You're going to be traveling. And he says, just because you're not there in the moment. To experience my grace, he said, it, it, it doesn't mean that you won't be able to, to participate. He said, one month to the day afterwards, I want you to participate in Pesach Shani. I want you to, 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 on that day, celebrate my goodness towards you, my grace towards you. It's right around the corner. It's coming up. And sometimes, church, we find ourselves so far from the Lamb. Have you ever been there or is it just me? Have you been there this week or is it just me this week? Sometimes I feel like I'm so far away from the Lamb that that, that I'm nowhere near that grace, I'm nowhere near that mercy, and there's this distance between us and this fresh start, and all that we need, all that we hope for, all that we pray for is this second chance. We need this Pesach Sheni. We need another shot at God's grace. I try to be careful that what I am teaching in our monthly men's Bible study, man up, does not repeat itself on Sundays or what I'm preaching on Wednesdays online for our adult Bible study online doesn't resurrect on, on, on Sunday because I, I, I know that many of you are, are participating in all those things and we need a fresh word from God. I understand that. However, yesterday, after man up, after our, our men's Bible study yesterday, I was in my office and I was... Finalizing the sermon for today and as I was studying, I came across a revelation that only God could have given to me that was just too good not to share. And so for the men in the room that were at Man Up yesterday, let me apologize to you that I'm about to use some some scripture from yesterday. But I want you to pay attention because this, this series that we're doing called Chiseled with Man Up, It talks about the the mentor-mentee relationship between Jesus and and Peter. Men, what God has revealed to me in this moment, it just adds to the journey that Peter was on and what God wanted to do in his life. If you recall, on the night that Jesus was betrayed and arrested, Jesus predicted, he looked at Peter and he said, before the rooster crows, in other words, before morning, you're going to deny me three times. And he said, never. I'll never deny you, Lord. I put my life on it. I will not deny you. And if you remember, after they arrested Jesus, Peter follows from a distance and he goes as far as the courtyard. And there's three different instances that night where he is approached, one time by a servant girl, then another servant girl, and then another man asked him, and they all asked him basically the same question. Are, are you with him? Are you with Jesus, the one that's been arrested? One time they even pick up on his Galilean accent. And they're like, You have to be with him. Y'all come from the same area. You, 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 you all talk the same. And and he denies it. He flat out lies. He denies any connection, any relationship with Jesus. I don't have anything to do with that guy. I don't even know him. After the death and resurrection of Jesus, I I know that Peter knew that he was resurrected. But after that, It just appears to me through scripture that Peter is still having this hard time getting over his Passover fail because it was the week of Passover that Jesus was betrayed. That's what they were celebrating. That's what they were eating together. It was the week of Passover in Jerusalem. And it just feels like him denying that he knew Christ, that he was a part of of his discipleship team, it just feels like He's having a hard time forgiving himself. Jesus appeared numerous times to his followers over a 40-day period after his resurrection. One of those instances happened one night when Peter and some of the other disciples, not all of them, but just some of them, went fishing. Peter stood up one night and he said, I'm going to go fishing. Anybody want to go? And this wasn't just, I'm hungry, I'm going to go catch a fish so I can cook it and eat. No, they took the boats. They took the nets. They were looking for a large haul. Which shows me that that Peter goes back to his security blanket, what he knew, who he was before Christ found him, before Christ called him to be a fisher of men, he was a fisher of fish. And we find Peter right back doing that same thing, and and he's looking for a large haul of fish, not just for food on the table that night, but, but food on the table the next night, and Fish that he can sell and he can can provide for his family for the weeks to come. Peter's in a bad place mentally, church. You'll never convince me otherwise. He was in a bad place because of his Passover fail. And if you remember the story on that night, they're fishing. They haven't caught anything. And there's a voice that comes from the shore. And he says, have you guys caught anything? And they said, no, we haven't caught anything. And the voice says, cast your nets on the right side. They do, they cast their nets on the right, and and their nets are filled with fish. And it is in that moment that Peter recognizes that it is Jesus Christ, his rabbi, his Messiah, his Savior, the one that he denied, he is standing on the shore And the Bible says that Peter, he puts his his robe on him. He was fishing, so he took it off to relax a little bit, to cool off a little bit. And, And he puts his robe on, and he jumps in the water, and he starts making a beeline for the shore to get to Jesus. When he gets to the shore, and the other disciples following him, Jesus has a fire. There's a bed of coals there, and he already has fish prepared for them to eat. He's been cooking fish. And it is in this moment that Jesus turns and he looks at Peter and he has one of the most intimate conversations. He is reading him like a book. And here's what he says in John chapter 21 verses 15 through 17. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon son of John, You know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Why did Jesus ask Peter the same question three consecutive times? Maybe. Just maybe, church, it was because Peter denied him three times after he was arrested. Perhaps perhaps Jesus asked Peter for three expressions of love to give him a chance to redeem those three denials. But did I fail to mention? It was approximately one month after Peter's Passover fell. Pesach, Shani. You didn't get it right then. On Passover, you denied me, you were unclean with your actions. You didn't get it right. But one month later, he gives him a chance to make the wrongs right. Do you love me, Peter? You know I love you. Do you love me, Peter? You know that I love you. But Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know all things. You know That I love you. Then I'm going to use you to feed my sheep. One month to the day, I have no idea. Scripture does not let us in on that. I could probably research it, write a book, and make a lot of money, but I'm too lazy to do it. I'm not going to do it. Not today. I'm on too much medication. Was it one month to the day? Maybe, maybe not. I have no idea. But it certainly was in the spirit of second Passover. Because it was all about grace. Peter, here's another chance for you to get it right. Maybe this year hasn't started off the way that you intended for it to. Pesach Shani. It's a second chance. Maybe you already blew the New Year's resolution. You dropped the ball as soon as the ball dropped. Pesach Shani. A second chance. Maybe your marriage doesn't look like what you planned like it would look like. It's Pesach Shani. It's another shot at it. it it's, it's grace for that moment. And maybe even your life, when you look at the big picture of your life, maybe you are nowhere near where you dreamed that your life would be. The, this is not the way I intended my life to look like. Pesach Shani. He is the God of second chances. And He has no endless supply of second chances. As long as there is breath in my lungs, I I have another chance. There's another chance. And if I need it, He'll give me a third chance, a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. Solomon said in Proverbs 24 and 16, he said, the godly may trip seven times, but they will get up again. We fall down, but we get back up. Because we have a a God that most of the time he's standing there like this, Peter, you took your eyes off of me when you were walking on water. Let me help you up, buddy. You denied me three times. Let me help you up. You didn't get it right, Dad. Let me help you. Mom, you dropped the ball. let me help you up. Husband, you really messed things up. But I'm the God of second chances. That addiction about cost you everything, but it didn't cost you me. I'm the God of second chances. Let me help you up. For some of you, you're even feeling this this call right now to to jump on board and and, and be a part of this corporate fast. But you feel like you've waited too late now. There's a week that's already gone by. Let me tell you, it has nothing to do with how many days Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Start participating right now. It's another chance. It's 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 a second Passover. It's a second wave of God's grace. And there's some of you in the room that you're just you're just living you, you know you know your name is in the lamb's book of life. You know that. You you've you've trusted your life with him. But you're allowing some of these mistakes from the past to continue to haunt your future. And it's keeping you from fulfilling some of the relationships that God has blessed you with in your life. It's Pesach Shani. It's a second shot at grace. And as I said, there's this endless supply of it. He's not going to run out of grace. Why do you think that your sin, that your mistake... That your failure is so great that God can't cover it. Do you think your God is that limited? Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.